by Gods and Kings takes place in the world of Dunai and is based on the tabletop RPG. For more information on the tabletop RPG or for more information on the world of Dunai, please visit our website www.bygodsandkings.com. Chapter 11 The Prodigy of Phalaris The ship moved through the water gracefully, or as well as it could with two large arms propelling it forward. For two days, the ship moved through the western oceans of Dunai and wrapped its way around the globe, making its way to the port of Daroke, a remarkably remote port that served very little purpose in terms of commerce. With Perost and Shikra to its immediate west, the volcanic landmass that served as hubs for Valkus, Daroke was simply a place where people could be ferried across the channel to the magma fields. After putting the captain's mind at ease finally, Vertrialis was able to relax. The crew was doing the same, with many of them taking the opportunity to relax under the sun. The ship was steering and propelling itself through the water, providing little for the crew to do. The high priest sat down against a wooden banister and allowed the wind to brush her blonde hair to the side. Her cloak was hanging down past her shoulders and she was far less tense than when they left Rostos. She reached down into a satchel on the side of her cloak and pulled out the tome that Phalaris gave her in Telerafel. It was bound loosely with black twine, the brown leathery cover, and the parchment was barely being held together. She took a deep breath and opened it up, gazing down at the words written with a quill and ink, hoping to decipher what Tangent Gertrans truly knew about Drusilla Whisperleaf. To whomever decides to pick up this tome and read the words that I have transcribed, I must first convey that I am a biased and flawed man. I cannot say that I have ever trusted Drusilla Whisperleaf, or any god touched for that matter. As a high priest, it is natural that I suspect ill-givings from anyone who has been on Dunai longer than I have, or who possess a skill set that rivals my own. However, I can say the reason that I didn't trust Drusilla wasn't because of her abilities or knowledge, but because of her smug personality. I did not like Drusilla because I knew, deep down within her essence, she cared more for living beings than the flora she was tasked to defend. Vitrialis glanced up from the tome and scoffed. This is so juvenile, Tandrick, she quipped while flipping the page forward. I thought you were better than a schoolboy rivalry. She shook her head and glanced back down at the fresh page, pushing herself to read on. Drusilla's tale began in the Grove Astralius on the western half of Quor. The vibrant trees and the vast amounts of creatures proved a fitting start to her journey. The Grove Astralius is large and expansive, but only one village has ever been able to thrive. The creatures were all very aggressive to those who harmed the forest, much different than around Telerafel. If someone tried to cut down a tree to use for lumber to build their house, the treants would come into the village and knock the house down. Because of this, buildings were all created out of stone that was brought in from Zulcanon to the south. Fallen branches and debris could be used for fire, but any live tree could not be touched, lest the village would face the wrath of the treants. The village was home to a few families, and those families intermingled with one another throughout time. I don't know the origins of the Grove Astralius, only that all of the families were devout followers of Phalaris, and that the abbot of the temple was treated as the leader of the village. The children in the village were all indoctrinated into the order of Phalaris at a young age and taught his doctrine. They were taught that the forest has to be protected at all cost, and most of them did just this. Drusilla Whisperleaf, however, was different. Of course she was different, Tandrick, muttered Vitrialis as she shook her head at the tome in her hands. She was allowed to become god-touched. There had to have been something special about her. Vitriala sighed loudly and shifted her eyes back down to the forged words in the tome. All of the information on Drusilla from this point in her life comes from the records kept by the abbot of the Grove Astralius at that time. The children in the grove were offered two options for their lives. The first was the most practical. They could work the forest, till the fields, and sustain the village. 
By doing this, they would wed, have children, and continue the line of succession. The second option was one of servitude. The children could join the Order of Fowlers and try to become priests. If this did not work out, they would be allowed to undertake the first option instead. Drusilla opted for the second option, choosing the path of servitude versus continuation. And, from what I have read, she was immediately showing signs that she could become a priest. Within the first days of absorbing the knowledge of Fowlers, Drusilla was already conjuring plants from the ground and cultivating the earth at her will. She was advancing faster than any of her contemporaries, and it was frightening. The abbot said in his journal that he could be witnessing the rise of the next high priest within his ranks, and he was overjoyed to help cultivate her and make her what she could become. With her family's blessing, Drusilla began her training at a very young age. Once the abbot believed he saw in her the true potential for greatness, he took her under his wing to begin allowing her to flourish and attempt to do much more. Instead of conjuring plants, she was summoning full trees and populating sparse parts of the forest. At a young age, she was capable of bringing life to the forest and, her most impressive feat, she brought a treant back to full health who was at the brink of death. It was something that no one had ever done, not even a high priest. She devoted time and her craft away from the teachings of the abbot after she revived the treant. She began to spend time with the nymphs and the dryads in the forest. Where the priests and other followers tended to leave them alone, Drusilla actively sought them out to spend time with them. She helped nurse the sick back to health, using the powers of Phalaris in a way to enchant their essence to mend their wounds. She was using the power of the god of Flora in a way that it was never intended, which is blasphemous as it is ridiculous. The powers of Phalaris are meant to create lush groves and vibrant meadows, not rehabilitate a dryad with a broken hoof. Why are you so bitter, Tandrick? asked Vertrialis as she held on to the tome. She glanced up to see the sun starting to crest overhead and smoke filling the air. The ship moved quickly through the water toward its destination, but it was passing to the north of Pyrost. The large volcanoes were smoldering and emitting clouds of smoke and the sound of iron banging against itself echoed off the stone walls of the city. Vertrialis smiled at the sight of the massive forged city, having never seen it before. They were close to Daroque and would be there within a couple of hours. The smell of the forges filled her lungs while the entire crew of the ship let out a massive cheer as they passed the city. Vertrialis watched the crew's jovial celebration and smiled. I suppose I'm surrounded by followers of the Forge Master, she chuckled. She couldn't hold back her smile as she shook her head in disbelief. I suppose I could be in worse company, she quipped with a shrug of her shoulders. She turned the page of the tome and shifted her eyes back down to the words written by her predecessor. Following a few years of Drusilla staying in the forest with the creatures, she had developed a reputation of being strange, aloof, and in some circles, blasphemous. There were some who felt she was ignoring the teachings and tenets of Phalaris. I did not know her at this time because I had yet to be born, but I can empathize with the elders. Our tenets are absolute, and none of them include the creatures of the forest. It was at this time that something terrible had occurred within the ranks of our order. Wertosh, the original true god touched of Phalaris, shed his loyalty to Phalaris and joined the ranks of Darien. One of his abilities that he acquired was the power to harness and contain essence in plants. Wertosh could steal the essence of something and transfer it into a plant. That plant could then detonate and cause a tremendous amount of pain and anguish to whoever was near. Wertosh carried several plants with him, keeping their soil in a container but keeping them alive to use them as weapons. However, he had to have essence to utilize this, and only living essence would do. Wertosh headed to the Grove Astralius where Drusilla Whisperleaf was from. The woodland creatures were the most vibrant here, and Wertosh knew he could utilize it to give him the power to destroy the enemies of his new god. Now, at this time, Drusilla Whisperleaf was living in a forest in a small hut that the treants built for her. It was their gift for her protection and friendship. I find it preposterous, but I suppose they did find a use for her being there with them frequently. 
While out meandering through the forest one day, as I imagine Drusilla did frequently, Wertosh entered the forest under the guise of being a friendly face. He used his new abilities to steal the essence from the woodland creatures and transfer it into the plant at his side. Several creatures fell to the wrath of Wertosh without a fight and without Drusilla around to defend them. Hundreds of nymphs and dryads died that day with a few treants also meeting their end. Wertosh had grown remarkably powerful in a very short span of time, but he craved more power. He left the dense forest on the outskirts of the Grove Astralius and entered the single village, all with Drusilla not there to defend anyone. One by one, he drained the essence from the followers of Phalaris and left them on the ground as a husk, an empty vessel without any essence fueling it. Men, women, and children were all killed in Wertosh's quest for more power. Wertosh made his way into the temple after killing the entirety of the village. The last remaining bastions of life resided in the temple of Phalaris, and they were ignorant to what was happening in the forest and in the village. To their knowledge, the Grove Astralius was as it always was. However, Wertosh invaded the temple and immediately set off some of his plants, spewing the essence and destroying the stone walls of the temple. Priests tried to stop him, but all met their end the same way as the inhabitants of the village. The abbot, however, was able to hold him off for quite some time, eventually succumbing to one of Wertosh's plants detonating right next to his chest. He fell to his knees and passed out, with death coming for him. Drusilla wandered about the forest as she always did that day. The forests were unusually quiet as she made her way through the grove. Drusilla had been in order for ten years and was regarded by her immediate contemporaries as a very powerful, yet aloof figure. However, the sight of the dead nymphs and treants in the grove gave her the same pause as it would give anyone else, no matter their deity. The bodies of the fallen were scattered about with their once vibrant skin now gray and their bodies withering from the lack of essence. Drusilla summoned plants to heal them, but it was to no avail. There was no essence to revitalize. In a panic, Drusilla sprinted through the forest and entered the village to find the same scene. Her parents and her loved ones had all met the same fate. There was no one left alive in the village with the exception of one person. Drusilla made her way into the temple to find the abbot clinging to life. She used her powers of revitalization to bring him back from the brink, wrapping his body in a salve of Phalaris's power. She saved his life that day, and while Wertosh made his escape, Drusilla had risen. The abbot took Drusilla deep into the Grove Astralius, in a place that she had never ventured out to. It was secluded and well hidden from any travelers or locals. Once there, Drusilla saw a summoning circle for the first time. The stone archway was beautiful and covered in vines. The abbot dropped to a knee while Drusilla held her stance as the portal opened and Phalaris appeared. It was not uncommon for gods to have multiple ways in and out of Dunai, and the Grove Astralius is one of our gods' favorite places in all of Dunai. Valorous emerged from the portal and heard the news. Within minutes, he understood what Wertosh did and knew he had to replace his god-touched. The abbot proposed that Drusilla Whisperleaf, one of his more powerful priests, become god-touched. Valorous questioned the abbot's motives because normally an abbot would yearn for that promotion. The route of becoming a high priest is a lone journey, and there is only one. However, after some convincing, Valorous drove a dagger into the sternum of Drusilla Whisperleaf and converted her in the Grove Astralius. She would rise two days later as his new god touched. She would have a very specific mandate, unlike Wertos. She was to tend to the creatures of the forest and keep them safe, but to also make sure Wertos did not strike again. Virtualis closed the tome, seeing how the ink trailed off. He never finished this, she muttered as the ship moved closer to the shore. She closed her eyes and took in a breath of the air as the ship slowed down. She licked her lips and allowed her thoughts to center on what strife Drusilla had experienced. Her family and friends were murdered by a god-touched, and again in Telerafel, she experienced it again. Perhaps that's why you snapped, Drusilla, she stated softly under her breath. I think I understand why Phalaris wanted me to read this. 
I think he wanted me to understand who you truly are, Drusilla. The sound of boots against the wooden deck drew Vertrialis's attention. Um, excuse me, High Priest, announced the captain as he approached Vertrialis. We are about to dock, but I'm worried that the fine people of Daroke will be frightened by the state of our ship. Vertrialis laughed and rose to her feet. She placed the tome in her satchel and grabbed the staff off of her back. The emerald shined brightly against the sun as she held the staff in the center. She held the staff up to remove the magic that had enchanted the boat. She closed her eyes and felt the essence surrounding her when the sounds of screams startled her. Vertrialis lowered her staff and glanced out at the shore, seeing the people frantically scrambling around a temple to the goddess of shadows, Saeria. Captain, I don't think the sight of this ship is of their concern right now, she quipped sarcastically as they moved closer to shore. The temple was covered in vines, with the bodies of priests construed and scattered about the ground. The townsfolk tried to clean up the carnage as they brought the body of the abbot out of the temple. The captain stepped forward and saw the carnage. What's going on? Vitriola sighed and shook her head in disbelief. Captain, I think Drusilla got here first. We would like to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. More content will be coming out on a regular basis. For more on By Gods and Kings, please visit www.bygodsandkings.com or www.scriptcrypt.com.